welcome to the first episode of Cop and Daughter. I'm Cop. And I'm Daughter. We are a father and daughter duo. And the reason that we're here is because we both like true crime. And that stems from the fact that I was a police officer for 20 years. And you were the daughter of a police officer for 20 years. So what were some of your earliest memories of being a cop's daughter? My earliest memories were just the times that we would visit the city that you worked in for just a family outing. Um, And we'd drive around the city and you'd show us the different places that you had arrested someone or done a house call or... Um, the one that I remember the most is there was a house that there had been a shooting in. And when you got to the guy's house, you described it as the body looking like Swiss cheese because there were so many bullet holes and it was so fresh that there was still steam (laughs) coming off of the body. Um, and then there are a couple times we tried to go to like different court hearings for people that you had arrested and there's one specifically that we got in and as soon as the guy got brought in you were like we should maybe not have them in here just because of the profanity and his behavior um yeah cool so you don't you don't automatically go to negative memories of growing up as a cop's daughter no not typically um if there's anything negative i think it's just the uh anxiety and I'm an anxious person anyway so it probably was more than the average person but the anxiety of um, things that could happen to you on the job and um, getting you know a bad phone call or learning that something had happened to you and that's kind of like the I'd say that's probably the only negative that I can think of Um, you know there I think the older I got, like towards the end of high school or probably even after I had left home for college, um, that was, I think, when I noticed the most, like the stress that the job had on you. Yeah. Um, And so that was hard to see sometimes of just like, you know, remembering those fond memories and kind of seeing how that had changed over the years. Um, But nothing, you know, I don't ever think of times like, oh, he, I wish he had been home more or anything like that. I don't, I think you did a good job of like including us growing up in what you did and you'd take us to the department to hang out with your colleagues and, um, you know, grandpa worked there for a while. So we'd go and visit him too. And, um, so yeah, I, I view it more, especially the younger years of like this fun thing. And I liked to brag that dad was a cop (laughs) and we got to go hang out with the other cops and things like that. Well, and I I guess I would just echo that of, for me, it was more fun (laughs) when I was younger. Um, I also think, um, a lot of the changes that we're dealing with in society now happened, um, as you Mm -hmm. were older. And so it did become, um, more stressful. I, you know, I, I specifically remember 2014, uh, kind of being a turning point for me. Um, and so I think you would have experienced that. I don't even know what, were you still in high school? Yeah, I graduated 2015. 2015. So, so so that would have been the start of that. And then particularly, um, the summer of 2016 being Mm -hmm. stressful for me. And I think you were, I think we were moving you. I remember moving you into a dorm, 
where I was like in a really bad mood mm. <laughs> that day. Um, and partly because of the stuff that was going on nationwide and then particularly stuff that was going on at work where people were calling me and that was, that was, uh, it didn't happen a ton, but that was, um, and I didn't even mind being like called back in to go do stuff. Right. It was more like when work stuff was happening and people were calling me at home to deal with it. Right. And that was always frustrating to try to be present at, at two different places. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, so yeah, you mentioned, um, I'd been on the street like less than a month when I went to that first homicide that you were talking about and, um, yeah, it was um, just interesting to see a dead body that was because somebody else had taken their life. Um, the fact that they were, like you said, they were still basically alive in terms of their body heat mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And and it wasn't just steam, but it was like individual, like each hole had like <laughs> steam <laughs> coming out of it. And it's, so it, it, here's the other thing. We, we, we joke, we laugh a little bit. Um, we take human life very seriously. Um, don't mean to make light of that, but it is a characteristic that comes about mm-hmm. of being a police officer, being a, a family member of a police officer. Um, we hadn't talked about this yet, but it was something that came up when I was thinking about doing this this week was uh, your sister eating one time. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me just total seriously. And she was like, dad, what do you think human flesh tastes like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like, would you be asking this question right. because of who you are? Or are you asking this because like right. of who I am and the job that I do? And there's probably a little bit of a combination, both given who your sister is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, she was like, like, it was a legit question. And, and there wasn't like this, like, um, like she wasn't grossed out by the fact, like she right. was like processing the fact that like, and she was probably less than 10 at that point mm-hmm. um, of just having had a conversation where, and, and, and I should add that context of, I do know that we'd had a conversation prior to her asking that question of somebody, you know, a serial killer eating his victims mm-hmm. and clearly yeah. she had been processing it. And so there's, there's little things like that, that I remember uh, with you guys growing up that, uh, I just was like, oh, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Right. So another question uh, that I have for you that I've experienced um, kind of looking at, at, at uh, families now mm-hmm. and how they are responding. And one of the things that I hear a lot from kids is their dad always having to have their back at a restaurant. Did I do that much with you guys or were you even aware of that? Like where I had to see the door, like I, like basically I would sit as far back in a restaurant with my back to a wall and then be able to see kind of the entire room as well as the entrance into wherever we were. It doesn't, like nothing clicks for me when you mention that. Um, But yeah, like I don't ever really remember there being a, like you were particular about where we sat or. And and, and part of that is is because, yeah, I mean there's a little bit of, we live in the suburbs and again, mm-hmm. things can happen anywhere, but we weren't, I, I don't feel like I was con- constantly, I think your mom has memory of that. Cause even now that I'm not in law enforcement, she'll sit with her back to the wall and apologize and like, be like, Oh, you want to sit? And I'm like, no. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I don't, I don't know that we were, I mean, we would have been young enough that that, like we probably wouldn't have picked up on something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were, you know, I left home 
Like, I just don't know that I became aware of, like, actually the toll that that job could have on someone until mm-hmm. I was, you know, almost out of the house. And then, gotcha. yeah. So at any time, did you think you might want to be a police officer, want to be a cop? It definitely um, is something that I have thought about. Um, and I do remember, like, you know, when you would talk about the recruits at the department, it was always really intriguing to me, the different th- things that they'd have to, you know, go through and... I remember you hearing, like, telling stories about, like, the pepper spray test, and then they'd have to go through the maze or of the building or whatever. Um, but being as small of a person as I am <laughs> and um, just a more timid personality, I think I kind of ruled it out as something that, like, I couldn't do that, so why would I even try? But... Now that I look back on it, I'm almost like, well, why didn't I try? Like, the worst <laughs> thing that would have happened is I couldn't have done it. Yeah. And then I would have, um, you know, figured it out. But I also don't think that I really, like, dove into my interest in, like, true crime and things like that until I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's one of those things that maybe down the road I'd find myself in a position like that. But Yeah. Yeah, and that's – I always told – I was part of our training unit for a while there and a field training officer. And one of my things I always tried to remind people was, is like, this is you, you are unlearning a lot of things and you're learning things. And so like, if you think you're not cut out for this, like try to give it two years Hmm. because I really think it takes two years to kind of undo a lot of things Mm -hmm. and then learn things. And, um, it's it's not natural, especially if you're not if you're not somebody that wants to get into other people's business. Right. Um, if you're not naturally a fighter, and not that cops fight, but just that, you know, if a fight breaks out, you're the person that's going to leave or whatever. Where when you're a police officer and somebody fights with you, you can't just disengage. Like you've got to deal with the situation. Now, sometimes disengaging is the best thing to do, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's my friend Lindsay and I always joke. Um, we did, we were in college together and there at an event we were at, a fight broke out and I just started sobbing. Like I wasn't <laughs> even a part of the fight, but my natural instinct was just to cry, I guess. And so, yeah, it just is not, I would love to be a part of that, but it would definitely take some like rewiring to find that inside of me, I guess. Yeah. Um, so any, any other stories, anything else that you were that you wanted to mention or talk about in terms of just memories or? Um, I think the other one that I had brainstormed was, and it's so random, but that time that you had like the feral cat oh, in yeah. your police car <laughs> and you had to <laughs> stick it out the window to get to your location because it was going insane in the car. Yes. Um, but just little stories like that were always, you know, it's not all nasty, like gruesome things that yeah some oh there's definitely lots of funny stories yeah. that go with that right. so all right so we're talking about uh true crime and that's going to be the purpose of our podcast mm-hmm. um we don't know exactly uh what that is going to um look like um so we're going to kind of begin with i think kind of area stuff that happened here um, we are in the, the Kansas City area, so we'll be talking about Kansas City, Kansas, both Kansas and Missouri mm-hmm. um, sides of things. So our 
intent with the podcast is true crime, um, but don't know specifically what that will look like, if it'll just be like serial killers and missing or murdered cases, um, or if we'll include things that are just crime related. Um, we are big true crime obsessed <laughs> podcast fans. That's kind of where we started listening to that together on a road trip one time. Um, and our interest in true, true crime has just kind of flourished um, from that. And so they touch on a whole variety of subjects. Um, and then, you know, other podcasts like Crime Junkie just focus on missing, murdered. Um, so we're going to kind of figure it out as we go. Gotcha. And, so yeah. did you, was true crime for you, was it the podcast or was it like TV shows and things that you saw on? Yeah. So I think if I remember it correctly, it was actually the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix that kind of got the ball rolling because that showed up and it, you know, was all over social media because people were thinking it was like glorifying Ted Bundy instead of, you know, so I got involved in that. And then there were podcasts that stemmed from that, um, series and that just kind of, I never turned back after that. So <laughs> I watch a lot of Hulu documentaries on true crime and listen to, I think my most frequent podcasts are crime junkie or true crime obsessed. Um, so yeah. All right. So we're not going to try to <laughs> duplicate anything that we do. Right, We're going right. to do our own style. And I think we have a unique approach in that um, I was in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. You're my daughter. And I think that'll bring an aspect to um, the topics that we uh, talk about. Um, I was never uh, like a, a homicide investigator or, or anything like that. But um, certainly have seen, uh, my fair share mm -hmm. of things. And, you know, one of the things that I kind of concluded and, and, and this is not mine. I've, I, I think it was something that we said around the department, but I definitely hold true to this is that, um, you know, there's good people that mm -hmm. do stupid things right. and end up getting arrested. Uh, there's people that I would say, uh, environmentally, they're just sort of raised in a, in mm -hmm. a, a home in a situation where uh, either for survival uh, they turn to crime, or um, you know sometimes they're groomed uh, right. to be somebody that 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 commits crime or does things that then uh, leads them to a lifestyle uh, where where committing crimes um, kind of perpetrates how they do. Uh, how they function. And then the, the third category is kind of that truly people that are evil. Mm -hmm. And I think those are like few and far between. I don't think, right. I definitely believe in evil. I yeah. definitely think it's out there. Uh, and so for me, I think um, it's always kind of interesting when, when we're talking about true crime and you're watching these documentaries mm -hmm. that um, it's, uh, I, I, can't believe what one human being can do to another yeah. human being sometimes. Yeah. And like, even as I'm saying that, like there are times where you're like, I understand why you do drugs. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and I'm not condoning it, but I understand it. I understand why you steal. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand how, um, this has become a, an aspect of who you are, but then there, there truly are just those evil people 
where you're just like, this is not like, right. <laughs> I can't yeah. wrap my brain around this. Right. I don't know that I want to be able to wrap my brain around it. And, um, even as I say that it's, it's, it's still, it's, it's a very sad, mm-hmm. uh, existence. It's sad that people, uh, end up in that place. And so, um, yeah, so we'll get into some of that as well as, as we go on, um, through the podcast. I'm excited to, you know, our, we're starting with those maybe less known cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but then down the road, if we start talking about more like well-known cases, I think it'll be interesting to have a police officer's perspective because I love watching different shows. Like we watched Dexter together when that new season or series came out. And I have always enjoyed, you know, hearing that would never happen (laughs) in real life or like, this is how we would have approached that or did approach that when we had a similar situation. Um, So I think that's something that we'll, then, you know, that our podcast will have to offer is an actual law enforcement sure. officer's perspective. Yeah, and I definitely don't claim to be an expert, so it'll be from yeah, right. my, my, my right. perspective on things. But, um, yeah, I and I've even had to do that with TVs and movies that aren't based on real situations mm-hmm. and be like, okay, it's just a movie, it's just entertainment. Yeah. Like, quit picking it apart. But I think we all have those things that we maybe know um, more intimately than the average viewer. And so mm-hmm. when that happens, you might be more critical of, of what it is that you're watching. So, right. um, any last thoughts, any last comments that you want to leave our listeners with? Well, you asked me some of my memories from growing uh-huh. up as a cop's daughter. So do gotcha. you have any memories that you carry? I mean, I'm sure you have a lot, but are there any that stick out more than others? throughout your time as a law enforcement officer? So we, we already mentioned that that first homicide that I went to. Mm. That one is always pretty close to the top for me. Um, I remember two car chases in particular. Uh, one where I was by myself uh, for a significant part of it, and it went all over town, and it was pretty crazy, and the guy wrecked out, and uh, we got him. And then a second one that I remember was we uh, we had basically two uh, carjackings that occurred at oh, the same uh-huh. time. And so um, we had two chases going on on two different channels. Oh, my gosh. And we have a major highway that goes through town. And so people had gotten on – well, it's it an interstate. So they got on the interstate, and they headed out of town, and they headed back towards uh, Kansas City. And so um, – that reached really high speeds, mm-hmm. and at one point, uh, the suspect drove into oncoming traffic on the wrong side oh of the highway, gosh. and we actually all filed in behind the car as we were chasing, oh, and then at scary. the first opportunity, like we got back over right. to the right <laughs> side, but he he literally got off the highway and then got on a, an exit ramp and went on the exit ramp into oncoming traffic, and he stayed on that side of the road for a while. And Holy cow. So, so those were a couple, um, I think particularly as a supervisor, um, the number of dead bodies mm-hmm. that I saw, uh, was surprising. Um, yeah. cause one is an officer, I mean, you see bodies frequently, but then when you become a supervisor, anytime there is a dead body, you go to that call. Mm. And so, 
um, yeah, just the craziness of yeah. the different ways that people die. Um, the sadness of, of, of people dying by themselves mm-hmm. and like literally finding them months Ugh, yeah. uh, in their own apartment and nobody was checking on them. I mean, no, you know, they, they weren't going yeah. to work. They weren't. Um, so those, those stand out to me. Um, yeah. And then, um, I don't have a specific one, but I always uh, liked, um, investigations where you did a lot of legwork mm-hmm. and talked to a lot of people and did a lot of the little things that needed to be done. And then one, you develop a suspect. Yeah. And then two, um, locating that suspect. Mm-hmm. And then once you locate that suspect, uh, getting a confession yeah. out of that. And I'm not going to say I have, uh, hundreds of confessions or anything like that, but, um, I did get quite a few people to admit to their crime. And that was, uh, for me, a very rewarding experience to, yeah. like I said, develop a suspect, find that suspect, and then mm-hmm. um, get them to confess. And and actually the one that, that, as I'm talking about it, that comes to my mind is, is somebody that was stealing identities. And he oh. had stolen dozens of identities. And it was one of these deals where, like, some people either had reported their crime to the wrong place mm-hmm. and never reported it to the police, or they reported it to the police and, and somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. And then, you know, as as I was doing my investigation, I started realizing there were all these victims. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, and so um, developed that case and got that person charged. Um, I had a, it, it was considered a kidnapping case, but it was it was kind of a friends type thing. Oh, uh-huh. um, but even in that, you know, initially they were all kind of like, kind of playing the friend aspect mm-hmm. of it, and this really wasn't criminal. And then yeah. uh, I got one person to break and admit that they had had a plan to mm. kidnap this person, and then the others all eventually ended up confessing as well. So those are those are things that stand out to me. Um, and then there's certainly just the funny stories of people <laughs> yeah. doing stupid things um, that um, make for good stories. And I won't I won't go into any of those now, but we'll um, eventually hit hit some of those things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are those are my my memories. And and of course, uh, just the relationships that you build mm-hmm. with people. Um, I think is the other thing. You know, when you've when you've experienced some traumatic events. Yeah. Uh, seeing things, uh, you build bonds, uh, with people that, um, I don't know. It's, I think it's different in law enforcement than mm-hmm. maybe what you experience in, in another job. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah, we appreciate you, uh, tuning in to our first episode. Uh, just wanted to spend a little time, uh, letting you all know who we are and, um, Look forward to uh, engaging with all of you as our uh, podcasts uh, progress. And I don't have that information right now, but I think that's <laughs> something that we're going to have to come up with. Yes. So uh, as we said, we'll, uh, we'll learn some of this as we go along as to what we need to put out there. So uh, do you have any other last thoughts before we take off? Don't think so. Just excited for this opportunity and hopefully it'll turn into something fun. All right. Well, Like we said at the beginning, I'm Cop. I'm Daughter. And until next time, stay safe.
yesterday is now a murder investigation. Triple homicide over the weekend. We're asking the public to help find him. We should note for you, you may find his footage disturbing.